0: keep your Bibles open. We're going to be looking at that chapter together. And let me pray just before we start. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for that all of it is profitable for us. It's good for us. And even the bits that we find most challenging, and thank you for that. You are with us by your Holy Spirit to help us to understand these things. Pray that we would be changed by you to live as your people in this world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you look down at verse one of chapter ten, um, verse one is always the best place to go for the sort of the context or the time, timing, the thing that we're talking about. Um, it says, "In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar." So the third year of Cyrus was actually the time when uh, some of the return to Jerusalem would have already happened. Remember, Daniel was looking forward to that. Um, God was going to bring them out of exile. And Cyrus was the one who gave them the uh, permission to do that. And so by the third year, it was likely that some groups had already started returning. Um, And the question is, is this going to be the place of God's eternal blessings? Is this going to live up to all of the, the promises that God had made uh, for a place of rest, prosperity, uh, comfort, as his people. Um, the last few chapters of Daniel and this chapter today explain what being in the land is actually going to be like for God's people. Um, despite being able to return and live in that land, um, there was going to be much difficulty. And we've been seeing that, haven't we? We've had promises of... Uh, beastly type rulers who will uh, eat and devour much flesh. and you know, in, in the chapters to come in 11 to 12, I, I don't envy Sam because he's preaching next week. Um, there's a list of what these kings are going to do. And it's a back and forth, back and forth with Israel caught in the middle. And so this land that was sort of looking great wasn't actually going to be the place where they would have, a, have this peace and rest uh, from all their discomforts. Um, it was actually going to be really difficult for them. And the fulfillment of all that God had promised to them, his people, was yet to come. It was further, further off than they realized. It was going to be when um, the Lord Jesus returns. In this chapter, we're told two things. Firstly, that Daniel saw a great war. It says um, in that verse, verse 1, and the word was true, and it was a great conflict. So what Daniel saw in the vision was a great conflict, a war. We're not told whether it's a war in heaven or war on earth or what he saw in that war. Um, but, but we do get some explanation that comes further down that, that gives some suggestions. He understood the word and had understanding of the vision. But the, it caused him to mourn for three weeks. He went into mourning. He didn't uh, eat uh, sort of the the nicer foods, the choice foods, and he didn 't even anoint himself with oil, so he was in in mourning for three weeks that 's the effect that that vision had on him. The second thing we see is that after this time, when standing by the river in Babylon, a heavenly being dressed for battle appeared and spoke to daniel, and that 's the majority of the chapter and that 's what goes on in chapters eleven to twelve so we 're going to hear what this person has to say um, to Daniel. Let's have a look at that. Um, My first point from the passage is there is a battle that we don't see. There is a battle that we don't see. Um, We're going to see that together. A person who uh, appears, or an angel that appears to Daniel, is described in verse 5 I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Mufaz round his waist. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning. His eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. He sees uh, this guy, uh, his messenger, and uh, he's, he's terrified by what he sees. Um, and because he's an angel, we tend to think that, um, he, t- t- uh, let me just say, he goes on to say these, these things. He says um, that the reason it's taken him this long to get to Daniel, three weeks, 21 days, is that the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. That language suggests a battle, just like he's seen, a great conflict. He says um, that, that there's this battle going on between this messenger Um, and the forces of good and the forces of evil. And here he says that the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood him. But Michael, one of the chief princes, uh, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia. So there's a battle. This guy has just stepped off the battlefield uh, in the spiritual realm, and he's come, and it's taken him three weeks to get to Daniel, but because he was in this conflict. And he comes and he speaks to Daniel, and he wants him to understand And God sent him so that Daniel might understand. Because he's an angel, we tend to think and assume that the battle he was involved in is kind of somewhere else, like in heaven. But actually, there's good reason to consider that the battle was in this world, behind the visible, behind the things we do see. Because he's described, isn't he, There's battling the prince of the kingdom of Persia. So that actually there's some spiritual forces behind the physical rulers. And they're either standing for, for Jesus and his kingdom, and the kingdom of God, or they're standing for the kingdom of darkness, and the prince of darkness. And he said, so they're even described by like that, aren't they? The prince of the kingdom of Persia. And at the end it just says, I was left there with the kings of Persia. Um, later on, he says, um, but now I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. So the result of this spiritual battle is going to be that the new kingdom comes in, the kingdom of Greece. See how the two are connected? It's not even like that. I'm <laughs> sure I shouldn't be describing it like that. There's the, the, the visible and there's the invisible. And what's going on in the spiritual realm is going to affect what's happening in the physical um, I mean, some of you guys here are looking at me thinking, we know that, uh, because you're from ba- backgrounds where that teaching is just like, front and centre, and in the Bible people do address those things, because there's a- a- an awareness of spiritual warfare. Um, we are going to talk about um, sort of how far we go with that, and how obsessed we should become with this. Uh, because the Bible actually doesn't really mention this very often. you probably count on one or two, uh, ten fingers, the amount of times that the Bible shows us what's going on behind the scenes, when it pulls back the curtain, and when God shows what's going on in the spiritual realm. It doesn't happen all the time in the Bible. Most of the time we're told about how this maps out onto the physical and what God is doing amongst his people. But here we are told that. Uh, there's good reason to consider that this is in the world, it takes place behind the one we see. So there's battle that we behind the one that we see. And were it not for God peeling back that um, uh, invisible, for Daniel to see it, explaining it to him, he wouldn't even know it was there. And Daniel got to see what was taking place behind what he can see. And behind each of the kings, the king, the kingdom of Persia was the prince of the kingdom of Persia. And as I've said, behind any human king is the one influencing them. It's either God or the prince of darkness, Satan himself. The messenger says what the result of his going out will be. He is going to remove him. That, that battle is, is certain he's going to win. And then that will bring in another kingdom. So, I don't know what you make of that. Maybe you're surprised by that, maybe you're not surprised by that, but there is a spiritual dimension to the world that we live in, and there's it's very real actually, and we don't see it, but it is there um what does the coming of Jesus add to this um so we are living in two thousand and twenty three Jesus came in a d zero yeah. He died in 8030 80, or whatever. And then, what, you know, Daniel's all the way back then. So what does the coming of Jesus add to this whole thing of the spiritual war? Well, it is that Jesus has decisively won that war. It's not, a, it's not sort of in question. It's not like, oh, how is it going to play out? It wasn't even really in question then. But it shows, doesn't it, with Jesus, that, um, that this battle has been won. Uh, we get verses in the New Testament um, like uh, Colossians where it says, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Sorry, he is God. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him, in Christ. So the one thing we know now that, 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 may, that they may not have known then was, is that Jesus has triumphed over these forces of evil. Whatever they're doing and however they're influencing things, Jesus has the final victory. The end is secure. God told Daniel what would happen then because he knew his end is coming and Greece will be next. And God tells us now what's going to come. All these kingdoms are going to come to an end. Jesus' kingdom is the one that will take them all because the end result is secure. But both here for Daniel and for us today, we are involved in that. So, so the, result, the net result of us hearing that the end result is secure for Daniel and for us today is not just to sit on our hands and think, oh, great, nothing to do then. No, what's he do? He involves his servant in this. He says he sends the messenger in the first place such that he understands, and he strengthens him. So that he talks to God about these things. Shall we have a look at that? Um, God is strengthening his people by his word. Um, Let's have a look. Remember Daniel's flat out on the ground. I've got the little picture up on the screen. He said that the result of this in verse 9 is, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. And then a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. So he's invited, he's, he's strengthened, even he's from his flat out on his face to being on his hands and knees, still trembling. And this, voice, this one said to him, oh, Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words I speak to you and stand upright for now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken his word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. Uh, verse 15, when he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face towards the ground and was mute. And behold, one in the likeness of the children of man touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. So he's being strengthened here. He's, uh, he's invited to, to stand, to uh, take courage, to fear not, to, to go from being flat out on the ground mourning to being standing and speaking um, to his God. It's a wonderful picture, isn't it? I and mean, you get that picture in, in Isaiah as well, where um, something touches his lips and he's called to go and speak for the Lord. Very similar, isn't it, um, to what happens to, to Daniel in this passage. So God is strengthening his people. Um, I'm just going to read you you this, this quote here. Um, It's from this book. Um, The picture in this chapter is a grand one. On an individual level, God is eager to hear the prayers of his saints, eager to encourage and strengthen them, and eager to inform them of his purposes for his people. His people are of great importance to him. It's great because he he describes that there's there's so many levels to this picture. There's the, the cosmic level, Which is this battle going on? There's the national level, what's happening in the in the nation of Israel, and then there's the individual level for Daniel, one of his servants, and God cares about that, and God prioritizes strengthening His people by His Word. He's the kind of God that says, "I want to speak to you. I want you to understand these things." He's that kind of God. God is fighting for his people and he wins, but there's also an individual level. He invites Daniel, his servant, to play a part in that, to be involved, to not only know what he's doing in the world, uh, but to talk to him about these things. He says, um, he invites him to speak. Oh, my Lord, by reason of the vision, pains have come upon me and I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For no strength remains in me and no breath is left in me. Again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. So it's an interaction. He gets to speak with the Lord. And and, and really, that's true of us, isn't it? God involves his people today. In, in, in those cosmic things that he is doing. How does he do that? Well, he does that through prayer. And um, if you want to turn with me uh, to Ephesians um, chapter 6, verse 12, would someone be able to read that from verse 12 uh, down to 18? Someone with a loud voice. He's happy to do that. Keep going. Thank you. That's fine. Thanks, Tosin. Praying at all times. In the spirit, with all prayer and supplication. So, God's people then were invited to be part of God's cosmic plan and to talk to Him about it, to speak to Him about it. And today, we're invited to, to, to pray. It's not like uh, God's end result, His victory, final victory being secure, means that we're complacent, we do nothing. It's that He involves us, we get to pray. Uh, but notice, um, our uh, our wrestling is not against um, those who are doing these things in the physical, but against the ones behind those who are doing these things. And we're praying against the uh, authorities and the rulers and the powers in the spiritual realm. The spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So... So Christians are invited to be part of that. And even though we know the end result is secure, we live in this world before the return of Jesus, and there's a battle. There's a battle. And the, the, the mindset, the approach, the way that we conduct ourselves in a battle is going to be different, isn't it? The mindset of those who are at war is going to be different to those who are living civilian lifestyle. And we're invited here to, to pray, to pray to God for the strength that we need, for the strength that, uh, to strengthen other believers in the fight and against the lies of Satan so that we would know um, his salvation and that that would protect us against his lies. So God is strengthening his people by his words. And here, he strengthens Daniel. He's going to give him a lot more information about what he's doing in the world. And um, notice, if you go back to Daniel, um, what it is that God's going to be speaking to him about. Um, Daniel chapter 10. It says in verse 21, But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. Now, we, we get to hear what, what is inscribed in the book of truth, so we don't have to guess. Um, it's, what, it's the content of uh, chapters 11 and 12. Uh, but it's, it's in summary, it's what God is doing in his world and what God is going to do in the future. And that's what this messenger has sent to Daniel to help him to understand. is to, to see what God is going to do in the future. So God it, it makes it a priority amongst the, the things that are going on. He's, he's, he has a victory and he's fighting for his people in a way that we just don't see and we don't understand. It's much bigger than us and yet he is showing his people how he's doing that, and he's wanting to comfort them and involve them in it. Um, so, how does this play out for us? Well, I think one of the things is, since we know that Jesus has the victory, it will change, actually, the way that we respond to people when they oppose us as Christians. Because, actually, we know that Jesus is the one who is going to um, sort it out. It doesn't rely on us to sort of fight for ourselves and to fight our cause. Notice how Jesus says, um, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Well, it makes every sense in the world, doesn't it? If, if this is true, that the final victory is his, that he's won the spiritual battle behind the ones we, the one we see, the Christians, of all people, would be those who would say, well, I don't need to <laughs> fight back. I don't need to be the one who, who, who defends myself and, 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 and takes matters into my own hands. It makes all the sense in the world that Jesus says, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. The real opposition is, is not actually them. It's those who are, um, whose, whose, whose purposes they are forwarding. And um, and doing, and um, so that's a challenge to us, isn't it? Um, but it makes every sense for Christians, those who have got that Jesus has won that spiritual battle behind the one that they see, that they would be able to freed up to pray and love your enemies, pray for their salvation, pray for their eyes to be um, able to see, um, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this wonderful chapter. Thank you for your concern for your people. Thank you that you had concern for even one of your servants, Daniel, when he was, uh, I guess, tormented by the things that were going on in the world, and, and even more so when he realized that there was a spiritual battle. But thank you that your, you came to him, you strengthened him, and your words were comfort and strength to him. And thank you that you have called us and that you are strengthening us by your word today. And thank you that you involve us in what you're doing in this world. And even though the end result is secure, we pray that we would be those who are motivated then to speak to you about these things. To come to you and to pray about these things. That we would also uh, have um, be wrestling against, not flesh and blood, but the rulers, the authorities the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Amen. Um, I said before, you know, this whole thing of spiritual warfare, um, it's new to me, to be honest. It's it's, it's like, as I said, there's not many places in the Bible that talk about this. Um, So although I knew of it in terms of what the Bible teaches about this, I'm, I'm, I'm learning with you. Um, So it would be helpful for us to just chat to the person next to us, and um, if maybe it's something that wasn't clear from the sermon, or maybe it's just a question you've always had about these things, or something that you've heard before and you thought, I'm just not sure if that's true. Why don't you just chat to the person next to you, particularly questions about spiritual warfare and that kind of thing. Is that right? I think that would be a helpful use of our time. I'll give you five minutes to do that.